0: Welcome to episode 18 of Turning Tracks. My name is Matt, and I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about the music we love. For this episode, I decided I was going to start turning up the volume and maybe the pressure on my picks, as I tend to listen to heavier music than Chris does. So, cop provisions and feed my addiction, because today we listen to the music of Mudd. <laughs>
1: Hello Chris Well hello, Matt How's everything? you know pretty okay actually uh things are things are trucking right along over here i'm I'm doing pretty well with work. We've got some fun and exciting things happening that we've gotta prepare for. I've been getting some fun records in the mail i just pick up picked up a, a record collection from my friend's mom. Uh, I was able to pull some like weird jazz records and uh <gasps> Oh you're interested in jazz records, are you?
0: um so I was gonna save it as a surprise for this show, but I'm a huge jazz fan actually,
1: really Well, I only yes. took a few of them. I believe she has a lot more um I don't know how I'd get them to you, but we'll we'll burn that bridge later uh she was gonna she's gonna donate this record collection, and she wanted me to you know take a pick, so I pulled a bunch of like Broadway musical original cast recordings out of there and uh Oh and there's the uh the soundtrack to uh the Great Muppet Caper, <laughs> which was pretty <gasps>
0: sweet. <coughs> <laughs> Holy crap, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. The Great Muppet Caper is among one of my favorite films of all time.
1: Yeah, Karen flipped when she saw that one. She was like, Yes, give it to me. We listened to it at dinner uh last night, I think. I am um,
0: I listen, I'm not a jealous person, but I am so <laughs> jealous right now.
1: Yeah, it's pretty freaking cool. I <laughs> Hey, I I don't mean to rub that one in, but yeah, I'm I'm no, pretty, it, pretty pleased with that
0: one. It's your finds, man. You you found it, you you own it. There was an Aretha
1: Franklin record in there. There was some pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of jazz uh which we don't really know much about. So we took a little bit of that, but there was like a whole bunch more. There were these big box sets of swing music, too.
0: Oh, um, uh, what? Oh, my God, dude. All right. We uh, let's get through this episode so we can talk about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I will. Uh, I if, if, I don't think she's donated him yet. I'll I'll go grab them and find a way to mail them to you. It'll probably be heavy because it's um, it's a lot. But we'll we'll find a way to get it to you. It's I'd rather we'll, go to you we'll and just out. get donated to a figure it out,
0: <laughs> figure it out, figure it out, figure out,
1: Now Here's the scoop. And I'm going to tell you, let's go. <laughs>
0: that, that's a Texas size 10 <laughs> All right. Well, (laughs) for anyone who's new to the show, here's how this works. Each episode, either Chris or myself picks a band or an artist. That person then chooses 10 songs and 10 songs only uh, that they believe represents the band's or said artist. Uh, We listen to them. We discuss them. And that's how this goes. So as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we're going to be listening to the music of Mudvayne, Chris. Can you tell me if you have any history or knowledge of said Mudvayne?
1: I have heard of them. Uh, I now know how to spell their name, now that I've looked up their music. (laughs) Uh, And I saw one... So some of the... And I don't know if you want to cut this out, but uh, some of the the tracks I got had to be taken from the official music video instead of just the tracks themselves. So it might be a little sound in the beginning uh and in one of the music videos uh there was a very strange looking clown with a blue beard and that was unusual
0: um was that for dig yes that was for dig okay
1: and that's (laughs) my uh, that's what i know about mudvane fantastic i didn't actually listen to any of the music i i you know purposely put it on mute so that i'd be hearing all this stuff for the first time on the show So I've got no idea what I'm in for, aside from uh, sad clown music. So,
2: or angry Um,
1: clown music, sad, angry clown music, a clown that is angry about being sad or sad about being angry. I don't know, but there was definitely a clown.
0: I was so curious how many iterations of sad clown music you could put together right there.
1: I tell you what's really Uh, interesting is the amount of gunk I just carved out of my mouse. I was looking at my uh, mouse and like there was a, a spot on the side that was slightly discolored, and I said, you know, I'm gonna get a get a paper clip and I'm gonna put it in there and, and just kinda like see what I can do. Oh look, I'm now I'm chipping away at the black. All right, I'm gonna stop messing around ra- messing around with that in particular. But ooh, I just got some <laughs> just got some nasty stuff out of my mouse. That's what we call Narsty quality stuff. podcasting right there. Oh, speaking of quality podcasting. Geekate hit a
0: milestone. The Stone Age Gamer podcast yeah. just
1: recorded our 500th episode.
0: Wild! That is so wild. Uh, congratulations to you guys. Well, thank you that's very fine. much. That's a f- that's no small feat.
1: The episode was five
0: hours long. My is <laughs> oh. Are you airing all five hours? Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. My goodness, <laughs> we had to split it into two to fit it on Pinecast, but yep. 5 hours of the Stone Age Gamer podcast and I re-recorded our theme song on kazoo for the event.
2: <gasps>
1: Is it available now? Uh yeah, I would say definitely by the time any listeners want to listen to this episode. I'll I'll send it right over to you right now. You better Woo! believe I will.
0: <laughs> I feel like a patron. Ooh. Yeah, you see what I did there?
1: I I do. Oh. I did.
0: I <laughs> and still do. I am. I i will
1: i shall i won't believe it i can't believe it i shan't believe it
0: i I just thought we were reciting live lyrics
1: oh no i i transitioned into roger rabbit
0: there so (laughs) uh patty cake
2: patty cake patty 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 cake Cake? patty cake
0: uh (laughs) Something Only about, when it was funny. Something
1: about Mudvayne. I don't know. We're just talk, We're just doing movie quotes. Yeah, here. sad clowns
0: <laughs> in Mudvayne. All right. Well. <laughs> so it's interesting that you you <coughs> you brought up the visual aspect of the band Mudvayne because that's something that has um, become kind of a staple of of them. So a uh, very little about the band stolen from my ultra super secret uh, contact uh, informant Wikipedia. <laughs> Mudmain is an American heavy metal band formed in Peoria, Illinois, in 1996. Known for their sonic experimentation, face and body paint, masks and uniform, the band has sold over 6 million records worldwide, including nearly 3 million in the United States. The group consists of uh, guitarist Greg Tribbett, drummer Matt McDonough, lead vocalist Chad Gray, and bassist Ryan Martine. Uh, I've I've never known if it was Martine or Martine, M-A-R-T-I-N-E-I. Mm. and I should have asked him when I met them because I did meet them all. It was friggin' awesome. I'll talk about that later. Martin A? Martin A. Yeah, maybe Martin A. Sorry, Ryan. Stevens. Huge fan.
1: (laughs) Clearly, he's a big fan of the show.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, if you put it out into the ether. Uh, The band became popular in the late 90s, uh, Peoria Music Underground scene, and they found success with the single Dig, which is what we opened up the show with. I think most people... When they think of Mudvayne, uh, they associate it with uh, that song and maybe that video. Um, Dig came from their debut album, LD50, which was in 2000. We're going to listen to a bunch of tracks off of that. After releasing four more albums and touring relentlessly for nearly a decade, Mudvayne went on hiatus in 2010. uh, And then they reunited Mm -hmm. in 2021 and continue to perform live to this day. And that's that's really all you really need to know about Mudvayne. There was some kind of record issue a contract issue in 2010, which, you know, put them on hiatus. Um, I always forget. I always look it up and I go, oh, I'll remember it this time. And I forget, which is ironic because there's a song called Forget to Remember. I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, for that first record, uh, LD, well, for the first major label release, because there's a record that comes before Uh, ld50 called kill iota that was completely funded uh, by the band themselves and they you know produced the whole thing themselves uh but then they sign and they make ld50 and we get what i think is wonder of wonder ld50 the record chris you don't have a ton of experience uh obviously i brought the band to the to the table so it's you know I've been listening to Mudvayne pretty much. When I heard Dig back in 2000 or so, I thought, I hate this. And then the more I listened to it, the more I started to like it. And then I bought the record. I still don't like pickles. Um, And the the more I listened (laughs) to the song, I liked it. So I bought the record. For all you old people out there, I bought the record through Columbia House. Ooh. For oh a my. penny. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yep, wow. It was no... I i still don't understand how that business model didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then I remember listening to it a bunch, like listening through the whole record going, I don't understand this. I don't get it. I, I, I don't know what I'm listening to. But the more I listened to it, the more it started to grow on me, and then the more it started to grow on me, the more I recognized, uh, like... This is actually really, like, insane in, like, the best possible way. So from there, I just, I became an, a, a fan. It wasn't immediate, obviously, but um, once they started to, once that first record grew on me, the subsequent record, records that came out just made me a bigger fan and a bigger fan and a bigger fan. The first record is talked about in a, what they call, math rock. It's like a math rock type of uh, record where,
1: all right, please explain that because i've heard math rock before and it just makes me think like is this just a bunch of nerds singing about numbers cuz that doesn't seem like what you're talking about but that's what it sounds like
0: so i'm going to read you the wikipedia definition and i'm going to see if it correlates with what i've been told or what i've come to understand math rock is typified by its rhythmic complexity seen as a math mathemat- seen as mathematical in character by listeners and critics while most rock music uses a 4-4 meter, uh, however accented or syncopated, math, rocks make, math rock makes use of more non-standard, frequently changing time signatures such as 5-4, 7-8, 11-8, or 13-8. As in traditional rock, the sound is more, most often dominated by guitars and drums. However, drums play a greater role in math rock in providing driving complex rhythms. Math rock guitarists make use of a of tapping techniques and loop pedals to build on these rhythms, as illustrated by songs like those of, quote, math rock supergroup, Battles. I, I'm not familiar with them. Um, yeah, so math rock is typified by its rhythm complexity. So my understanding was basically just that there's, um, uh, you know, they choose odd time signatures. There's, uh, it feels like tempo changes, but it's actually time signature changes. I've even heard it go so far as to say, like, the t- the timing changes add up to whole signatures. And st- I'm like, this is crazy to me as
1: we listen. <laughs> sounds like a lot.
0: It does. Right. It sounds really like overbearing and like, I just want to listen to music. Stop. As we listen to songs off of LD50. And I say LD50 because once we get into their second major label, um, the end of things to come, they kind of abandon that math rock element so so all the tracks of ld50 will have like odd uh, time signatures and and things like that and it's pretty apparent so anyway i think we should just uh jump right in we we opened with dig which was their lead single and um you know as chris pointed out they were dressed like sad clowns if you want a good laugh if you want to see something prototypically 2000 go go watch the music video for uh dig but um we're going to start with uh, a track called Internal Primates Forever, which is the song that comes right after uh, Dig. This is track number three. Um, yeah, track number three off of uh, LD50 from 2000 off by, uh, by Mudvayne. Enjoy. <laughs>
1: very aggressive
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm more shocked that you call me matthew but
1: (laughs) i don't even know if that's your full name
0: it is and i hate it but that's okay (laughs) that was (laughs) internal primates forever by mudvane so before i ask you uh what you thought of that and, and the feels that it may or may not have given you one of the reasons why I was looking forward to doing Mudvayne with you is because I find that the rhythm for this sec rhythm section for this band is among one of my favorites. I love the way um uh, Ryan and Matt really just lock in. Ryan is probably one of the best bass players I think I have ever heard, especially in this genre, but then outside of this genre cuz he comes from like prog rock and jazz. That's like his um his background I, I read a couple of interviews with him i was really obsessed with him for quite a while as a as a bass player so i'm very very and and you you a drummer i'm a bass player um i know you can appreciate when you hear a good drummer and then i know you also like bass lines as well so i'm I'm very very curious to hear your thoughts on some of that stuff so chris please tell me your thoughts on on what you just heard
1: i liked it uh <laughs> yeah no it was that was pretty kick-ass it was uh you know, it's it's not the music that I, I gravitate to, but I definitely have a sure. soft spot for this level of uh, aggressive music, um, especially when it's done this well. I, mm-hmm. as soon as, I don't know, probably about three quarters of the way through this song, I understood what they meant by math rock. Like, it, you read me that yeah. whole definition, sure, but, like, mm-hmm. as they changed this into, like, the fourth or fifth song that was... It was was incorporated yeah. <laughs> into this song i was like i get it i get it okay it all tracks in here got it because uh, like there are it is the same song but it's also if you're looking at it from the rigid perspective of like this is how this, this is how a song goes uh it almost sounds like this is like and now we've transitioned into a whole other song but it's the same song it's just mm-hmm. different time signature it was uh that was fascinating stuff and i i yeah i hear you on the the rhythm section they were very i think i've said it before where you get to um there's a certain point where uh like the super heavy drums just start to sound like construction equipment and <laughs> it is very 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 difficult to do that and have it not sound like construction equipment because if you're off by even the once it gets that fast if you're off by even the slightest bit everything sounds wrong and there are right. a lot of bands that are okay with that they just let that they just let that roll on by um and that th- at that point it just becomes noise to me i can't hand i just can't deal with that this was absolutely not that and the the uh the cohesion between the bass and the drums i really liked the parts where the bass got really high like he was playing mm, yes. really high notes on the bass It's was like mm-hmm. oh that sounds pretty cool
0: <laughs> you don't get that a lot, right? You, you don't get don't. that a lot. In yeah. At all. yeah.
1: Um, that was, uh, I, 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 I really liked it. I very much enjoyed that.
0: I imagine for this record, they sat down and I know nothing about like the recording or the conversations that went into making this record, but I imagine like they all sat down and they were like, all right, just, just go for it. Like whatever you just go for it. We don't have to adhere to any kind of anything. And that's what they did. Like, I love there's, there's those sections with the layered vocals where he's, he, you know, Chad's saying whatever he's saying, but on top of it, he's got his own percussive thing. everything I have become now is a result. And it's, it's overshadowing, you know, this other layer of of, 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 of lyrics. And it, everyone's just so like, and it's like, that's another thing about math rock I've kind of heard and understood to some degree. There's this thing called chaos metal I hate all these labels, by the way. I think they're just asinine, but (laughs) it does make things a
1: tad confusing.
0: Uh, Yeah. So chaos metal, I think, was born out of math rock. And essentially, it just it it, it's not a misnomer. But when you listen to bands that do chaos metal and you you listen to it enough and you start to kind of understand it, there's you know, obviously there's uh, there's an order to it. There's like an organized chaos on this particular track, but definitely throughout this record. And it's, I, I love it. I just think it's brilliant. I love layered music. I love stuff that's not so straightforward and linear. I love the signature changes and stuff like that. It's just, it's just a lot of fun uh, as a, it's just a lot of fun as a listener.
1: It was a heck of a ride.
0: Well, good, because we're going to keep uh, this train rolling. The next track is actually the uh, following track. Uh, behind Eternal Primates, track number four is entitled Minus
1: One. Now, that um, was a fun track to track down. I kept uh, typing that in, and it would just not give me any songs. And then I started, <laughs> all right, well, negative one. Was, nope, that's not doing it. Minus one,
0: found it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Some reason, uh, just, you know,
1: well, you'd think typing, because I, 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 when I typed it in, it did the search when I typed out the word, the digit, you know, minus one, exactly as it's written, came up. But for some reason, when I mm-hmm. searched for literally that written out like that, it just, it wouldn't. <laughs> Google's weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the world's weird. Anyway, here's minus one off of LD50 by Mudvayne. Enjoy. Negative One by Mudvayne, as I just found out. I've been calling it minus one my whole life, and it apparently is called Negative One. As I went to look up the lyrics to read along. Right, I had a uh, backwards one that's
1: telling my story, apparently. I knew it was one well, of those. you things. know. I looked, I looked it up, and yeah. Negative One. Uh, I like Positive One better. I'm more of a Positive One kind of guy. Thank you very much. I see. I
0: see.
1: I see. <laughs> I was also, also I quite know. good. I think it was it was slightly less memorable than the first one because it was slightly less bug nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a ton of signature changes in there. Yeah. Uh it was um, a bit
1: screamier. Um, but again, it was tight. It was it was um that one was one of the ones that kinda like faded into the background, which is one of those weird things to say about metal music, I think, for anybody who doesn't listen to metal music, but Mm-hmm. um st- stuff that is that loud and aggressive is it, it can very easily just kind of fade into the background uh in a nice weirdly calming way you know if does that make sense to you or is that just a me thing
0: At, oh without question um when i commute uh i take public transportation and that's what i'm mostly listening to is like aggressive whether it's in uh, some hodgepodge of like 90s alternative all types of metal and industrial it's it's all aggressive in its own way but i read I read while I do that, and it it absolutely fades into the background,
1: yeah, there's something very um there's something oddly soothing I think for a lot of uh uh people our age of just uh relatively lower volume background uh distorted guitars <laughs> <It> just uh, <laughs> there's just something about that uh I don't know i yeah i I enjoyed it But like again it was it was less it was less distinct to me than uh, the first one mm-hmm. but you know, there was no point during that where I was like, man, this sucks. No, it was a good time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine I would imagine that uh most of this doesn't suck. But, you know, I'm you know, <laughs> that's the, the goal. I'm, we try not to bring <laughs>
1: songs that suck to the that table. Suck. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do think we should have like an episode where we find 10 tracks that objectively suck. Oh,
1: just our most hated songs and just torture each other for a couple
0: Oh, <laughs> oh that sounds awful. Let's do it. <laughs> that sounds so bad. Oh. I hate every second of it. Let's I'm do it. I'm in.
1: Get ready to listen to the Sing 2 soundtrack, Matt.
0: <laughs> um, I'm about to bring Wesley Willis to this front stage. Wesley Willis! <laughs> yup. Rock over London! It. Rock on, Chicago! <laughs> Heinz 57, America's number one catch-up. <laughs>
1: Wesley Willis in years. Holy crap.
0: <laughs> you know what's really okay, we're gonna side note for a second. You know what's wildly inappropriate about this? Like, I hated Wesley Willis's music so much. And I had a, a friend back in the day who, you know, he loved it. I think for the sheer fact that it annoyed the shit out of me so much. Um and then I was just like, if I never hear another Wesley Willis song again, I will be happy. And then he passed, and I was like, Oh, I feel so bad now. And then I listened to I whoop Batman's ass and I was like, nope, 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 nope. I appreciate the man for going out there and doing what he did despite all the adversity and making a name for himself. But not for me. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's objectively terrible.
0: (laughs) You know, but but I'm sure there are people who unironically enjoy it.
1: Exactly. I I I enjoy I unironically enjoy terrible things all the time. Uh, I'm yeah. You
0: do a podcast with me, I know that. <laughs> I whooped Batman's ass.
1: Man, Wesley Willis. That's a that brings back some memories.
0: I'm so glad I could open up that locked
1: door. Wesley Willis and and tie my shoe. Oh man. Terribly racist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but it's it's your delivery. Your delivery <laughs> just crushed me. All right. Anyway, getting back to this. Um Speaking of objectively, this is objectively one of my favorite songs of all time, let alone one of my favorite songs that's been written by Mudvayne. Uh, This track comes right after negative one. So essentially, the opening was track two. listened listen to three, four, and we're about to listen to five. Uh, This song is called Death Blooms, and it has just some of my favorite uh, lyrical melodies written by Chad. One of my favorite parts of this band. again. In addition to the just lock tight uh, rhythm section, is Chad's vocals, uh, the way he, the words, the lyrics, his melodies, and then just the pure rawness of his like voice. He's got an amazing scream. He's got that like a lion's roar. Really, um, it's just so guttural and visceral. and I just love the way it all came together on this record. So, without further ado, here is Death Blooms off of LD50 by Mudvayne. with us by Mudvayne. And that was also one of my favorite songs ever written.
1: <laughs> I really liked the first change-up the best. I liked, you know, all the change-ups were pretty solid. That first time, big change, that one made me you know, like really sit up and listen. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the lyrical content. I, I, I love, 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 love the vocal melodies here. Time signature change is fantastic. I was just reading little bits and pieces on the uh, wikipedia about how poorly received (laughs) this record was and a lot of these um reviews just bashed the hell out of it and then there's a very tiny you know section afterwards where it's like revolver put this on their 10 new metal albums you need to own and then metal hammer in 2020 put it on their it was named 20 best metal album of the 2000s. It's just so funny to me how polarizing this record uh, was back then. And I think still kind of is, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know that a lot of people that I know listen to Mudvayne. And then if they do, I feel like most people will be talking about the stuff that comes after LD50. Just my, uh what do you call it just my observations we're gonna listen to one more off of ld50 and then we're gonna move on to uh the rest of their catalog this song is called nothing to Gain," uh g-e-i-n like ed gain um it's my understanding that this song was pretty much written about ed gain uh, and if you can catch the lyrics you'll see like it talks about um the love of mother and things like that and if you know anything about Ed Gein, uh, you know, he you know, murdered his mother and all sorts of other really weird stuff that I'm not going to talk about on the show. I'm sure there's plenty of true crime podcasts out there that talk about Ed Gein if you want to dive into that. But uh, that being said, here is Nothing to Gain by Mudvayne off of LD50.
2: Cold and silence. Soiled face sour
0: Nothing to Gain by mundane. off of LD50. This album features these interludes, which you can hear on some of the ends of some of the songs, or maybe at the beginning of a handful of tracks too. It's one of these records that I feel like you should listen to from start to finish because they use excerpts from a gentleman by the name of Terrence McKenna. The subject matter of what they're talking about is very interesting because it's like ruminations on how humans became evolved and uh language and all sorts of other things are derivative of our quote symbiotic relationship to a mushroom end quote it's just very interesting thought provoking it's um you know if you're one of those people that like likes to listen to that sort of stuff, you can totally go out and check that sort of stuff out but um at any rate, had that one grab you, Chris?
1: Uh, it grabbed me okay. it was very um I don't know what the word I'm looking for is it was very um yeah, I cannot articulate my thoughts on that uh, on what it is that I'm trying to say, so I'll just say that i uh i I dug the track um I didn't have as much I don't really think I have quite as much to say about it uh it was very um thumping. Very dum yep. dum 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 dum. Uh, we get on in a bad way. <laughs> it was just uh, It was. uh, I'm just rambling at this point. Save me.
0: <laughs> so one of the first things I wanted to talk about is that ending there when it's just kind of the guitars and the drums and how fat that kick drum is. Mm-hmm. I love that sound. I'm such like a, a nerd for recording and engineering and mixing and mastering. So that kick drum just it sounds funny to say like it's one of my favorite kick drums of all time cuz like who says that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but here I am. Um I just it it lays in so hard and it's got such a nice punch. It's just so so good. Like when I would mix um <laughs> when I would mix these wedding bands at uh at my old position, I would always mix them like a metalhead so the drums always had that tight punch. <laughs> you know, they're doing like Shake it off and September and you know all these pop tracks and they've just got these metal drums. <laughs> it always cracked me up. Um, one of the other things too, I think uh, maybe you kind of glazed over is that whole center section when it just becomes like a uh, the waka chica waka chika guitar mm-hmm. just comes out of nowhere to me. The very I remember the very I remember very distinctly the very first time I listened to this. I went, "What the hell just happened here? Like, where did this metal band go all of a sudden?" For that, you know, sheltered life innocence, and And I'm just like, what is, what is this? I don't understand this. And that was part of the, the thing that turned me off about this record. I listened to it in entirety and I was like, I don't know, man. And I let it go for like a week or two. And then I was like, like no, but, but Dig is so good. Like, no, there's more here. And I just kept forcing myself. And I'm so happy that I did. I'm just curious if maybe that, that section just threw you for a loop or something. I guess not because <laughs> there's
1: a <laughs> I'm oddly speechless. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not hearing it. I'm going to have to listen harder uh, moving forward. Okay. I'm going to,
0: uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you won't. I, I hate to say this and I don't mean to cut you off because now once we get away from LD 50 and we move on to every other record, they've pretty much abandoned that quote unquote math rock style And they they pretty much become essentially a new metal band. Hmm. So but they're a new metal band in only the way like Mudvayne could be because their sound doesn't change at all. You still get the drums, the bass guitar and the singing. They just kind of I I I vomit at the word conform (laughs) because I follow them for so long and I've seen them in interviews and I've read articles, and I know they're not that band. They weren't those guys. The best thing they ever did was they went to the MTV Music Awards, I want to say for LD50. I think Dig was being nominated. They all went in white tuxedos, black bow ties, and they all had bullet holes in their foreheads, all the blood running down their face onto their white tuxedos. It's a very famous, um, uh, you know, appearance that if you just, uh, uh, you know, your first glance, you'll find it. Um, And I thought, these are guys that are just putting their middle fingers up to everything that is mainstream and the and the system and stuff. But then for them to go and make the next record and the next record and the next record and the next record, just to be kind of mu- pretty much with their peers, no standout, you know, is a little disheartening. But the music's still good. I still think a lot of it holds up, Um, you know, in putting tracks together for the record, for the uh, episode today, rather. I was fondly listening to a lot of the stuff going, I remember exactly where I was when this came out. I remember exactly where I was when I fell in love with this song or whatever. It's yeah. So I don't know, Chris, maybe, maybe you go back and you listen to LD 50 um, or just the tracks that I've, I've thrown up and, and maybe, you know, I don't look, you, you do you boo boo. You do you, <laughs> but, um, yeah, all right. We're gonna we're gonna move on. We're, the next release uh, comes in 2002. It's called "The End of All Things to Come," and uh, it's you know labeled as the second studio album by Mudvayne. It was released uh, November 19, 2002. According to this, the album expanded upon the sounds of the band's first album, "Melty 50," with a more versatile range of sounds, dynamics, moods, and vocalizations. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I actually feel like, I said, they they kind of started to narrow their sound. I think LT50 was way more experimental than anything else they put out, except for maybe the self-title that came before it. But So this is the second song off of the second record, Trapped in the Wake of a Dream. I don't have much to say about it. We're just going to listen to it, and then we're going to talk about it. So here it is, Trapped in the Wake of a Dream. Trapped in the wake of a dream, by Mudvayne, and they used a typewriter to finish that track out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love that song, but in listening to it right there, it made me feel like someone's going with a typewriter, and then I expected to hear ding.
1: <laughs> now I want a typewriter that one makes that sound <laughs> every time you press a button. It goes. It makes. It sounds like that. That would be amazing.
0: Just hammering. Just uh, a hammering sound.
1: I think it is absolutely hilarious that you were you you put such a focus on how um, sorry, there's dog hair on my microphone. Get off of there. Uh, you put such an <laughs> emphasis on the um, how they were moving away from the math rock. And then this immediately starts with just the most bizarre, non-straightforward uh, timing imaginable. Like the whole song yeah. is filled with offbeat timing. I was expecting this to be straightforward because yeah. you're like, yeah, they kind of, they kind of don't mess with that math rock thing anymore. And it's like, what (laughs) this is all All math (laughs) this is nuts all right so
0: so i'll agree with you you're not wrong right it's not time signature
1: changes it it is different i will give it that you know i will say that it is a very different approach to it because it's like can you imagine being in the practice session for the last part of that song like (laughs) because i remember we did the Chocolat episode we did um what was it that song mercedes-benz where the end of it goes through this like a similar thing where it's just like, we're going to do two and then we're going to stop for one, but then we're going to do three. And like, I'm, I can't even, I couldn't figure out the pattern at the end. They're just like, like they're doing something. Is it Morse code? Oh my God. Is it Morse code? Did they do something in Morse code at the end of that song? That would be amazing.
0: I don't know, but now I'm going to have to look into it. I'm sure there's some psychopath out there. That's done that. Like the way people will tear apart tool records. I, I can't, first of all, I can't wait till we get to a tool episode. But um, you know the way people tear apart like you know newer artists who are just doing funny stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going I'm going definitely gonna look into it. The thing I wanted to say was this: this record has effectively 13 tracks. There's a bonus DVD that has two other tracks on, so we'll say 15 tracks. Um, there is two singles: "Not Falling" and "World So Cold." Uh, I decided to stay away from those because I generally tend to stay away from the singles. I don't know that they all necessarily... My my opinion is, I don't know that singles necessarily determine the band. We've all been fooled before. We get a single, we love it, we go out by the record, and the record is nothing like the single, right? right. Uh, so, Trapped in the Wake of a Dream, and maybe like... I'm just looking at the track listing very quickly. I'm looking here, I see like three or four other tracks that I think... Still, kind of stay a little true to the original LD50 math rock esque, um, I guess, uh, punch that they had, draw that they had, uh, intent that they had. But you know, if you go and you listen to this record, I find that the songs are a little more 4 4 for the most part, you know.
1: Yeah, it does seem like at least with this one, uh, because you're yeah, the time signature didn't necessarily change, like. Whatever they were doing was built on a 4-4 four, four core. <laughs> that mm-hmm. Rhymed. Uh. Hi-o. But it was like But it was very just here is a pattern, a very bizarre pattern of staccato notes. Uh and it seemed like they were playing with they were playing with what can we build on top of this basic core here, right? So it's I guess I'm sure this wasn't the actual impetus behind it, but it's like, all right, so we're going to keep it danceable, but we're going to screw with your head the entire time. You know what I mean? Right. That's kind of what it, what what it came off like. Um, I, 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 I thought it was really interesting because, and and this is, this is not to poke fun at it. This is an interesting difference because you were saying that it was, you know, a, a, a difference from that math rock. And you're right. It was, it was just that they were approaching doing mathematical mathematically weird things with their music in a completely different way uh and kind of kind of caught me off guard it was regardless of the structure it was a very enjoyable song
0: uh well I'm glad you enjoyed it um uh, we're gonna listen to two more tracks off this record the next one coming up is a song called mercy severity and this comes fifth on the record uh I don't have much to say so let's just give it a listen here is mercy severity by Mudvayne.
2: The skulls trapped me down and sent the ship away.
0: That was Mercy Severity off of The End of All Things to Come by Mudvayne.
1: All right. Two things. Um, yes. Thing number one, I really liked earlier in that song that um, guitar riff. You know what I'm talking about? That uh, kind of like the not distorted guitar riff that mm-hmm. tends to run through the beginning of the song. I liked that quite a bit. Second, and I I, I don't know if this is all just in my head, but I was getting some faith no more vibes off of
0: this song wow that's some real high praise i love faith no more faith
1: no more is awesome and i don't know enough faith no more stuff but just listen well to this, <laughs> i feel like i might in the future
0: uh i think you will in the future sorry go ahead uh
1: yeah there was just something about obviously his voice is different um but there was yes. just something about the way this was i, I can't really put my finger put my finger on it, but I was just getting faith. No more vibes from most of the song. I really liked this one a lot. Um, this is probably one of my, one of my more liked tracks of what we've listened to uh, so mm-hmm. far this evening. I, I, I rather enjoyed though this one
0: good. I'm glad I'm actually curious. Um, you're saying you're getting faith. No more vibes. I'm wondering what it is you're hearing in your head from faith. No more. It's whatever like was know-
1: on the Clark's soundtrack. And I could be way off, but I I swear there's this "Faith No More" song on the Clark soundtrack. Allison Chains wasn't Faith No More. I'm thinking of Allison Chains, and I don't know why it's reminding me of that song. Um, "Got Me Wrong" by Allison Chains from on the the, mm-hmm. the Clark soundtrack. That's what was popping into my head for some reason, and I feel like a jackass that I got that mixed up with Faith No More. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, either way, you're gonna get both of those episodes in the future because I am a massive Alice in Chains fan, and I'm a very big Faith No More fan too. And I think Faith No More needs to be brought to the attention of more people. Either way, great. Um, those are great comparisons. Regardless, uh, "Got Me Wrong" by Alice in Chains. I wonder if it's because, like, maybe you're hearing the 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 singing portions of Chad's vocals, and he has. A, I should say had, I've seen a couple of videos of him now, uh, you know, that this kind of singing doesn't lend itself to longevity. But on these records, he really, you know, in the controlled environment can really get some great stuff.
1: There must just be something tonally about the song that's reminding me of that, of that song. I don't know. I don't, again, I can't really articulate it, but it was, it was a vibe that I was getting, and I was not unhappy about it.
0: <laughs> well i'm glad to hear that because again any comparison to faith and more alice in chains however right or wrong it is is always a good <laughs> comparison so uh we're gonna listen to our final track off of the end of all things to come this is a song called the patient mental it is let's see the seventh track it comes after the single world so cold which again if you're around in 2000s you almost definitely heard it probably saw the video a side note every record that they've put out. Um, they always have like a different look on this particular record. They donned these red suits with like a black tie or a black shirt, red tie can't quite remember. And then they did this face makeup where they basically were almond eyed aliens. So like from essentially the upper lip up, they had like these uh, weird kind of no noses and then these big almond eyes and they were all bald except for the guys who had facial hair. And then the facial hair was, you know, coming out the bottom. It's pretty interesting. Um, they just uh, are that group. You know what I mean? They, they do the thing and they, they do it in a very interesting manner. They do things like on their own terms. I think that's what's always attracted me to them. So anyway, here comes the patient mental by Mudvayne. Enjoy. was the patient mental off of the end of all things to come by Mudvayne.
1: It was a lot more melodic
0: than the other ones, I think. Yep. There's um, you know, I keep saying it, they kind of get away from that um, math rock um, construction. There's a lot that is kept there, as you pointed out, um, with the uh, percussion still kind of playing these a little off uh, pieces within a time signature. Um, But there, you know, to go to the crux of the show, which is to say we pick 10 tracks that we think encapsulates the band. This band does have a lot of melodic um, work, you know, throughout the birth of their work. Um, And I think it was necessary to showcase some of that. Um, It can be hard when, you know, a lot of the work is heavy and aggressive and sometimes, you know, you you can't look past that to hear some of it. But, um, yeah, I think that that's again, still one of my favorite draws about this band is they could be so overtly aggressive and so intentionally kind of off putting with their time signatures Mm -hmm. that there's still a space for someone like Chad with his vocal range and, uh, ability to write these weird weird uh lyrical lines with interesting cadences and its own tempo and time signature to I think that's the stuff that's really kept me connected with this band uh, all these years um yeah I'm said it before I'll say it again I'm just such a huge fan
1: yeah so this is a this is a a good track and did an excellent job of illustrating the uh range as you, as you put it, well-picked, well-chosen.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. So we're going to move on to the next record in the Mudvayne catalog, which is called Lost and Found. came out in 2005. I know I said that I'd like to stay away from the singles, but this song, Forget to Remember, uh, was a single in that it appeared in the Saw 2 soundtrack. And I've always been a fan of songs that appear on soundtracks from bands because I almost feel like Nine times out of ten, at least in my experience, it's always a song that is never quite the band. It's like their opportunity to step outside themselves and do something funky. Like the Jerky Boys soundtrack had was really good for that. They had all these songs that were done by artists that you were like, who's covering this? What This is a weird draw for them and, and stuff like that. So, Anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and just jump right into Forget to Remember. By Mudvayne. Enjoy. forget to remember off of 2005's lost and found by Mudvayne. um as i said it appeared in the saw two soundtrack and movie and what'd you think of that chris
1: well it was definitely more um i don't know that radio friendly is the right word but it was definitely more like yeah i, I don't know what anything like radio friendly or safe mainstream yeah, it was very more much more mainstream song it's also shorter than anything else we'd listened to. I mean, I guess uh, Negative One was uh, not that much uh, longer—only a couple of seconds. But by and large, everything we've been listening to has been like you know four and a half to five minutes, and that was only uh, you know just under four. So it was definitely a, I definitely had a single vibe to it. It was, it was still a good song. It was um, uh, it was just a little a little different for them, I think, and yet still taste the same.
0: crystal clear pepsi i can't (laughs) tell the difference um (laughs) so yeah this is more what i meant by they're getting away from that ld50 kind of composition and orchestration um lost and founds a great record as is the end of all things to come uh if you listen to them in order in their entirety you will definitely get the bigger picture that i'm talking about um I chose this one because I really appreciated that, yes, because I agree with you, it's certainly more mainstream, uh, mainstream rock, uh, new metal, whatever you want to call it for the time, 2005, 2005, 2006, but it still maintains a level of, like, this is Mudvayne. They didn't change their sound so drastically that, that you go, this is Mudvayne? Big fan of uh. again, we get the vocal stylings, we get the cadence of his writing, Um, just again, solid percussions, solid rhythm section. And, you know, I hate to say this, right, but I almost feel like the guitars are like, in my opinion, the least thought about element of this band. They're almost percussive. I was just going
1: to say think. they're they're almost it, like it's almost all just tied into the rhythm section, even the guitars themselves
0: yeah i think by now after doing let's see this is 18 episodes i've probably done nine if we don't if we don't count the debacle that was my band i've done eight i think we can kind of see that i like groove (laughs) i like groove and i like rhythm so it's no wonder that i'm still you know a big fan of this band even after they get away from the stuff that really brought me to them but um
1: and i don't want to i don't want it to come off like saying that the um Uh, the the guitars are almost percussive. I see. I don't know that I would agree with the the, the, that they're the least thought about. Uh, because I do think that it takes a a different and specific kind of talent to make that work. Um, that uh, you know, they're they're using the ins they're using the guitars in such a percussive way. And as a shitty guitar player, uh, I can say (laughs) that what has fooled other people into thinking I'm a good guitar player is the sense of rhythm. Like I can't into my left hand, you know, plucking, you know, placing on the strings and all that. I'm not great at that, but I can strum rhythmically, which makes even my shitty playing sound better. Uh, That's Mm, a specific mm -hmm. talent. um, That's you can't be a good guitar player. If you don't have the ability to, to do that rhythm and that they're able to do it so well and be on such a uh, uh, a vibe with their bass and and drums like that, the entire rhythm section to be so in tune with that. I do think is a specific talent and not one to be glossed over.
0: No, and so everything for everything you just said, I absolutely agree with one hundred and ten percent because you're absolutely right. Right, the um drums and bass are so lockstep tight, and they're so big in personality that it almost you can almost feel like there's no room for a guitarist, and yet to be able to find a place within that and exist on your own and at the same time cohesively with the rest of the group is a feat unto itself. Just make no mistake, I wasn't like poo-pooing the guitars in any stretch of the imagination. I just feel that when I listen to Mudvayne and when I talk about Mudvayne, it's so hard not to talk about uh, Matt and Ryan and what they contribute to the band and then Chad and what he contributes to the band, and then unfortunately I get to Greg last, and it's the last but not least certainly thing because it's four guys, four guys all working like like an engine, just pistons firing at, at the highest caliber. So, right. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, Gr- Greg, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so before we get into the final track that we're going to listen to, you and I, Chris, I want to tell a story about how I met Mudvayne. Millions of years ago, there was a TV network called Fuse, and Fuse had kind of taken the place where of MTV, when MTV stopped showing music videos, Fuse had come along. And Fuse was originally a little more metal than what it, you know, then it starts to broaden its horizons and start doing more music from different genres and pop. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I have no idea where it went. I think it disappeared and I think it came back. Anyway. I was going to school out on Long Island and I was coming home and I don't know how I found out, but Mudvayne was going to be in the studio at Fuse. My train came into uh, Penn. Penn Station was two blocks away from the studio. So I said, screw it. I'm just going to try it. And I went there and I got online and they let me in. And so I now got on this live program where they were interviewing Mudvayne in studio. And there's all these fans sitting around, you know, like, whatever, American Bandstand or whatever you want to call it. Nobody was dancing. Um, and I was just so elated. But they told us, they told all the, the kids there, like, look, you know, you're, you're going to blow your lid because Mudvayne's here. You're all fans, but you cannot interact with them. Like, don't ask them questions. Don't ask for autographs. Don't do nothing. Um, if they come up to you, obviously be nice and courteous, but otherwise don't, because this is how the show has to run. Cesar, whatever, wherever I ended up sitting up was like kind of a a bit of ways away from like the host, whoever was and the band. So during a commercial break, Ryan just gets up and he starts walking around. He just starts talking to people and he's like working his way down the line. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Is he really going to walk down here and like shake my hand and talk to me? And sure enough, he did it. And I was like a puddle of water. Like he came, he's like, he's like, hey, I'm Ryan. I'm like, I know. He's like, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm Matt. And he's like, Matt, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm like, dude, you're like, I literally went like some to the effect of like, you're the fucking best bass player I've ever seen in my life. And he was just like, really? You really think that? And I'm like, yes. Yes, you are. And he's like, oh, wow, thanks. So then I go, I just read your article in Bass Player Magazine, like, you're just, you're just so awesome. And he's like, well, thank you. I really appreciate you doing that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. <laughs> so then they're like, all right, we're back in third. And he's like, all right, I'm sorry. I have to go. I said, no, 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 but please. And then I just sat for the whole show like, holy cow. But then they were really gracious. And at the end of the show, they waited at the hallway to leave. Like um, you had to pass through a hallway to go out a doors into the lobby and get out of the building. They waited at the end of the hallway and they signed autographs for everyone. Nice. I was the last in that line because I had no idea what I was going to get them to sign. Now, at the time, I was a really huge SpongeBob SquarePants fan. (laughs) I still am, actually. And I had a notebook that uh, my uh, then-girlfriend had gotten me for school, and the cover was a wanted poster of SpongeBob with the big, like, you know, mustachio, like, Pancho Villa, you know, Mexican bandito look. And I was like, well... I'm going to get them to sign this, right? I don't want to use a stupid piece of paper. I want to make it funny. So I, I'm i waiting, waiting, waiting for on the last one, and I hand it to him, and I forget who was first. I think it was the drummer, uh, Matt, and he starts laughing. He goes, oh, Greg's going to love this. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, he's a big fan. I'm like, oh, my God, so am I. And, like, we shared a good laugh, and he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, it's Matt. And he's like, oh, cool, man, good name. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and, like, they all signed in. And they were all, like, super cordial and really, really nice and, like you could tell that they were very happy to be there and, and happy to meet their fans and stuff. And it was just such a really, really great experience. And then, you know, a couple years later, I ended up seeing them uh, in concert, and they just blew the doors off my house. And, you know, like, again, like I said, I've been such a fan of them for such a long time, but then to meet them and have them be so cool and not just, you know, jag-offs, <laughs> it just makes me love them even more. Like, they're just, they're just genuinely just happy to be there doing what they do. And then when they, you know, when they went on that ten-year hiatus, like there was a part of me that was like, I need more Mudvayne music because Chad and um, Greg went on to form a band called Hell Yeah, which I thought was so quintessentially like 2010, and there was a lot of success with that. I just wasn't a fan of it. And then I was in Toronto some years later, and Greg was there, and I wanted to go up to him like, Hey, do you remember me? I'm the guy that had the SpongeBob SquarePants notebook. But I was like. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just going to let him chill, you know, whatever. So it just, you know, those little things really have a lasting impression on me. So
1: well, that's anyway, totally awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's one of my more funny stories, like meeting Anthony Kiedis is a funny story, which we'll get to sometime. I don't want to derail, but because we're on the, the last track. So as much as it pains me to say that this is the last track that you and I are going to listen to, we will, of course, as always uh, take you out with another track. So, this track comes off of the record, The New Game. There was a record in between, um, excuse me, this, this album comes right after uh, Lost and Found. This is a 2008 release. There is a record that comes out after New Game. It's a uh, self-titled, and it's good. I also feel like The New Game is a good record too. It's, now is when you start getting into the things where you go, like ah, it's more of the same. The Hate in Me, as far as I'm concerned, is a standout track. Uh, from that record, there's a lot of other ones, but I th- again I think it's more the same. So I just kind of chose what I thought worked best. So this is the hate in me off of the new game by Mudvayne. Enjoy. Many of your
2: children to I just need to send them away, long eyes and tears and sorrow, I promise will keep them safe, so sorry it didn't work out, you believe the law.
0: was the hate in me off of the new game by Mudvayne, and i can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt that was just a pummeling assault of music <laughs>
1: <laughs> i I, yeah sure i don't disagree that's a pretty good uh pretty good description of it it was also good it was a popping my head to that one that had, that had a good uh a good energy to it not that they didn't all have good energy but there was a yeah it was good energy to it i enjoyed it
0: yeah one of the things that's still thematic for the band's constant uh, thread through everything is just a, such a solid rhythm. You know, I, I feel that just about every track that they do, you can absolutely bop your head to. Even the stuff off of LD Fifty. Once you become familiar with, the once you figure out when to bob your head, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and to what's to, what's the 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 signature. <laughs> so um yeah that's that's the episode so chris i'm I'm curious about your kind of uh overall takeaway from what i've laid out in front of you
1: well it was it was definitely a learning experience for me um i had no familiarity with this band and i wasn't expecting all of the i wasn't expecting the math you know what i mean i I was expecting a, <laughs> the loud i was expecting the energy i wasn't expecting the math and that was uh that was pretty fun this is a good time um uh, yeah, I don't don't know what else to say other than I uh, I enjoyed it. Again, it's it's probably not going to wind up on my list of things to listen to generally because it's not really the kind of music I, I I vibe to on a general basis. I've used the word vibe too many times this episode, uh, but
0: you're just being hip.
1: I, I am. That's me. If there's anything to describe me, it's hip. I am. It's hip. I am what the cool kids consider to be current. <laughs> <clears throat> proceed (laughs) but (laughs) no but this was this was a good time i i did not i did not dislike any of this i liked it more than i liked nirvana
0: that's okay dare i ask did you dig it you don't get it i get it (laughs) it's called
1: dig with the clowns
0: i get it (laughs) (laughs) scary sad clowns <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, well, I'm really, really glad that that makes me happy to hear. Yeah, thanks um, for
1: bringing this stuff to my attention. Giving me absolutely. an education and all that.
0: That musical education. Well, we've been, I, I think we've been very good at doing that for each other these past few episodes. So, uh, with that being said, that's our show. Join us next time for Chris's Pick. Chris, what are we listening to next time? All right.
1: It's going to be a bit of a left turn because uh well it always is uh it always is i, I don't have anything in my repertoire that's quite mud vein, so
0: <laughs> there's no, no way we're we're not here to up the ante on one on one another
1: Exact, Mundo. uh this is one of it has become one of my favorite bands um which is strange because uh they're from far away i would like us to listen to the music of the pillows
0: I can safely say I've never heard of them.
1: The Pillows is a Japanese rock band. Um,
0: I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> S- say less. I'm in. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Japanese jazz. On All jokes aside, I've been listening to a lot of Japanese jazz recently. I'm in. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I discovered them through uh, the soundtrack to an anime series called Fooly Cooly. And, uh, nope,
0: never mind. I know exactly who they are. Ah,
1: okay. Yep. The, they're the... <laughs> I,
0: they're they're on the recesses of my brain. And the minute you said Japanese anime, I went FLCL. Yep. Fully coolie.
1: They are the ones. Yes. Their music yes, was used be... for Fully coolie. And,
0: uh, this is going to be a great episode.
1: It is because I've, uh, since listened to all of their music instead of just what was on that show. And mm-hmm. while a lot of their best was on that show, uh, they have a lot of their, their catalogs insane. And I've been, getting their music on vinyl, which has been fun. Uh, and well, damn, <laughs> it's good stuff. So yeah, this should be a fun episode.
0: <laughs> well, I'm excited for that episode. But uh, we here at Turning Tracks are incredibly grateful to every person who listens. And we love communicating with you any way we can. And we have a couple ways that we can do that. There's the Geek A Discord channel in which we have a Turning Tracks chat, track, where we hope to discuss all manner of stuff relating to music and whatever our next episodes are going to be. And of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at com. That's G-E-E-K-A-D-E dot com. And while you're at it, check out all our other social media channels. You should totally follow, like, subscribe if you haven't done so already. And I always ask if you haven't, why? Turning Tracks and other Geekade podcasts are made possible thanks to the Geekade Patreon page. There, patrons can get access to monthly podcast topics, and recording schedules, get early access to most of GeekAid's shows, including this one, and more. If you've ever enjoyed our podcast over the years, follow the link in the description and give it a look. We really appreciate it. Finally, as always, be sure to check out all the other great content we have over on our site at geekaid.com. One more time, that's G-E-E-K-A-D-E.com. As is tradition with uh, a Matt episode, I'm going to Uh, do a little bit of a dedication uh, when I leave with this track. Um, This track is going to be called Everything and Nothing. Uh, It comes off of LD50, so we bookend the show with uh, Dig, and then we bookend it with Everything and Nothing. You know, I talked about how one of the things I enjoyed about this band the most is that they pretty much put the middle finger in the face of everything that was uh, mainstream at the time. They they did things their own way. Thank you, Frank Sinatra. They showed up to award shows, you know, as as complete and utter, you know, nuisances and disrupted everything. And I think LD fifty was a big disruption to the mainstream at the time. Uh, and I think it still looked back upon fondly by by people who who really were you know fans of it, uh, as I do. So this song for me goes out to every one of us who's really just wanted to put your finger right in the eye of, of the mainstream and, you know, zig when everyone wants you to zag and stuff. So you just keep on keeping on. We'll find each other somewhere and we'll see you then until then y'all have a wonderful, whatever's left in your day.
2: Bye.